Hello. Welcome to Talking Shop with CTEX. I'm Dr. Ellen Solek. I am honored to be the Interim Executive Director here at CTEX and more honored to have the opportunity today to introduce you to a very special guest. We are featuring on today's show Dr. Miguel Cardona, the Secretary of Education. He, Dr. Cardona, welcome to our program. We couldn't be happier that you're here joining us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you, Dr. Solek, and uh, happy to be uh, talking about a topic that I love, <laughs> the C-Text. Absolutely. So our audience may or may not know your very special connection with us at CTEX. So let them in on a little secret on the front end. Um, you and I have had the privilege of meeting uh, numerous times to talk about your experience as a graduate of Wilcox Tech right here at CTEX. And even more important, your journey as you took your graduation experience from us. And here you are as the Education Secretary uh, nationally in Washington, D.C. And so we thought we would take a few minutes this afternoon with you to explore your journey so that hopefully students and staff and community who have the chance to listen to our podcast today will find much inspiration in your amazing story. So thank you again so much for being willing to share that today with us. So we'll start with just, a, a, just an easy introductory question. Um, if you would, tell us a brief history about your life in Connecticut, including where you were raised and, and what your life was like uh, growing up as a teenager in Connecticut. Sure, sure. Much like many of the students uh, that you serve now, uh, I was uh, born and raised in Connecticut, Meriden, and uh, I, I still call Meriden home. Um, I have uh, children there. My wife uh, and I live there. Uh, I, I live here during the weekday. Um, but Meriden is home. Connecticut is home. And much like the students you serve, I, I grew up. I went to school there. And then, you know, um, I very close, tight-knit Puerto Rican family. We did everything together. We always partied with cousins and and just, you know, full of family and, and community. Meriden is such a warm community. Um, so, you know, and, and I mentioned family because what brought me to Wilcox was uh, one of my older cousins. Actually, uh, you know, all the cousins would get together regularly. And uh, the eldest cousin ended up going to Wilcox. Uh, he was about seven or eight years older than me. Uh, he went to Wilcox to study plumbing. And um, every cousin after that followed. I always say it's like like the little ducks following the mother duck crossing the street. We all followed him into Wilcox. And um, so my brother... Uh, attended Wilcox two years before me, I went, and my younger sister went um, to Wilcox. So the three siblings, we ended up going to Wilcox. And, you know, it was a great, great experience there. I can go into detail on it, but that's uh, my upbringing in Meriden. And my uh, interest in Wilcox was really because my older cousins uh, attended and I wanted to learn more about it. You know, it's amazing that, that you highlighted right off the bat the connection to family, um, because we talk about it at CTEX an awful lot, that although it can be overused, it's so true that CTEX as a system is really nothing more than a very tightly knit Connecticut-based family. 
um, that, as you just so well highlighted, we have so many families that are intertwined and inter interconnected as part of our system. And I think it's probably what makes us so unique and so special. So thank you for that, because it, it, I highlight that with staff all the time. And although they're probably tired of hearing it, it really is true. It's that the family is the fabric that is ZTEX. And um, as you said so well, and uh, so you started to touch on your experience here at Wilcox Tech, but what was your experience as an auto student and why did you choose to attend a technical high school? You talked a little bit about your cousin's connection as well. Sure, so I wanted to uh, learn um, a trade that I could use in the future and I, I was fascinated with cars. So after going through the different shops, I ended up selecting automotive. Uh, so I studied automotive for four years. My brother, two years before, uh, picked el uh, electric. So he was uh, studying to become an electrician. And, um, you know, I was fascinated with building and taking apart and, and just automotive technology. Um, I had Mr. Kazwanis my first two years and Mr. DeRosier uh, my last two years. And as you said, with family, you know, I, I think I want to underscore that. It felt like a family to this day. I still talk to my shopmates and uh, the graduates from Wilcox and, you know, and it's great because, um, you know, those connections, uh, they endure. Uh, for me, though, automotive technology was something that I wanted to explore. I, I enjoyed working on cars. I enjoyed taking things apart, putting engines back in the vehicle and just having the ability to work on my own cars uh, was something that I, I was really interested in. And it's so amazing now we're talking with instructors and with students about developing programs with the whole electric car focus and expanding that whole auto body shop program so that our students are facile with all of this new technology. So it's amazing the growth that's taken place in such a short time out there. Um, but as you mentioned, the support network between instructors that you had, classmates that you encountered when you were at Wilcox Tech, do you still see some of them um, in your travels in Meriden? I do. I do. Uh, some of my closest friends are folks from Wilcox. Uh, and as I said, it was a family affair. So <laughs> my cousins, uh, you know, we, we were all grads. And, and we're proud of that. You know, I still have my, uh, my hoodie with the letter that I got from running cross country. I, I still have that. And um, when I have an opportunity to visit Wilcox, I, I'm filled with joy because while the building looks different, the same positive culture is still there. Um, so, yes, I'm still connected to them. Absolutely. Um, Secretary Cardona, your educational path then led to education. Why did you choose that career path and what roles have you held in the education field? You know, at the end of the day, and, and this is, comes to no surprise uh, to anyone, it's about the teacher in front of the classroom, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I still keep in touch with Cynthia Hayden, um, Rob Janiga, uh, you know, DeRosier, Mr. DeRosier, who lives in Florida. He was in Connecticut maybe a month, two months ago. And I went out of my, I changed my schedule to get five minutes with him just to say hello. Um, and then there's Linda Ransom. So. She was the art teacher at uh, at Wilcox when I was studying there, and she saw that I was using my art um, to talk about issues of importance to me. And at one point, she she tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Miguel, you ever consider being a teacher?" Prior to that, no, I didn't have anyone in my family that 
uh, was an educator. So I never really thought of myself as an educator until Ms. Ransom um, tapped me on the shoulder and said, consider being a teacher. So now I had automotive technology. And then I thought, well, maybe I can become a teacher. As a matter of fact, I want to be like Ms. Ransom. I want to uh, study art education. And that was the goal. I, I left Wilcox uh, prepared to go to uh, university. I attended Central Connecticut State University to become an art teacher. Um, but then I gravitated toward elementary education. From there, I was a fourth grade teacher. Um, I was fortunate to be given many opportunities uh, for advancement. I went on to get my master's degree in bilingual bicultural education. I uh, became a principal, a school principal. At the age of 27, I became a school principal. I was appointed principal. So it was early on in my uh, education career. And I did that for 10 years. I loved it. Uh, that gave me an opportunity to finish my studies. I ended up getting my doctorate in educational leadership. Uh, I was then moved into central office uh, in Meriden, in the same community where I raised my kids um, and the community that raised me. Uh, so that was a, a privilege to serve in that community. I taught at the university at UConn for four years for people that wanted to become um, uh, principals. And I enjoyed that because I missed being in the classroom as a teacher. Um, and then the governor asked me to serve as commissioner of education, which uh, oversaw all the schools in, in Connecticut uh, and worked directly with him on education policy. That's when about a year into that, year and a half into that, the pandemic hit and um you know, we worked to reopen schools and then that caught the attention of President-elect Biden and the rest is history. What an amazing journey you have had. And one of the things that strikes me and, and I think it jumps out at our listeners as well is your multiple talents and multiple interests coupled with all of the inspiring educators that crossed your path along the way. And it seems to me it was just this amazing synergy that came together and happened. And um, for all of our listeners, it, you, you're, you're a walking testament to really becoming anything and everything that you want to pursue as, as you go through your life. And what, a, what an amazing journey. Um, it's absolutely inspirational. By the way, I'd no idea you were interested in, in teaching art, but I do remember um, teaching myself, actually. I started as a music teacher at Washington Middle in Meriden, and I remember when you were promoted as a principal, so that was way back. Um, but what a long way we've come, both come, I think, since then. Um, so I'm curious about what your aspirations are now for students and the youth in this country. Um, what are some of the most purposeful ways that you see yourself as the education sector, secretary improving the lives of students across our nation? Yeah, thanks for that question. And you know, if I could talk directly to students right now, I just wanna remind them like, my story is not special. There's nothing about me that's different than you. Um, I had a great upbringing in Meriden. Uh, I went through the schools there and then I went to Wilcox, you know, and I wasn't a top 10 student at Wilcox. I wasn't, you know, the kid that got all the awards. Uh, I was a part of a community that I felt was nurturing to me. Um, I had options when I graduated. So I want the students at all the CTECs to, to recognize that. Um, I think what makes my story extraordinary is that I'm ordinary. I'm one of you. And if anything, one of the things that I valued the most is my ability to be bilingual and bicultural and be able to navigate um, different cultures and get along with different groups of people. 
and that happened at Wilcox, you know, um, people came from different cities. Uh, so that's kind of unique. So different cultures from different communities surrounding Meriden. And it was interesting how over the four years, one of the skills that I use most, doctor, is my ability to engage with people with different perspectives. You need that here. I got that at Wilcox. You know, I was able to engage with people that had a totally different upbringing than me and navigate that space and then navigate the space of the people that came from Meriden. So I don't want to go past and, and go on to the question without telling the students, number one, you know, you have the ability that that I had um, to do whatever you want to do in your trade, in your profession, or anywhere else. Um, and I think that's really important to say that, that uh, this, this guy's the limit. So now as the Secretary of Education, my message is, don't underestimate the importance and the power of your voice that you are today and tomorrow's leaders. Um, I, I really, and even as a, as an educational leader in Meriden, I felt it was my responsibility to empower student agency around the things that they value, right? We're holding these positions. It's going to be theirs, whether it's the superintendent of CTEC system, commissioner, school principal, you know, it's their world and it sounds cliche and cheesy, <laughs> but really think about what your passion is and look at your school experience to be a, a springboard for that. That's what I did. And I didn't know back then that I was going to be secretary of education. I would never even thought thought about that. But the skills that you're getting now, use that as a springboard to follow your passion. And I always say, don't chase a position, chase, chase your passion. Um, for me, it ended up being an education. Um, you're gaining skills at your uh, in, in your education um, to file, follow your passion. So my advice to you and my purpose here in, in terms of empowering our youth is to remind them that these systems are yours. This democracy is yours. Be engaged. You, you should be leading. Your voice matters. And look for opportunities, not only in high school, but beyond, uh, to make sure that your voice is heard. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you mentioned the, the, if you will, the uniqueness of Meriden and the, the, the special place that is Meriden. And one of the things I most remember is as a community, Meriden always has valued education. And whether I was in a classroom or in a leadership position, I always reflected back on the fact that students who were engaged in the Meriden Public Schools really did it. They were surrounded by families whose placed a high value on education. And that coupled with what you mentioned also around the ability to communicate to cultures outside of our own um, is so valuable. You, you'll be happy to know we have just engaged in the seal of biliteracy programming here at CTEX. So we have many, many of our students now who are graduating um, as bilingual. And we see that as just such an asset for them going forward in the trades because they'll be able to communicate so much more effectively to their clients and to each other. And it's such a huge, huge asset. Um, no doubt, along with so much that, that you've engaged in through the years. I appreciate you using the word asset because, you know, I think the experiences that many of our CTEC students have, and I know that I had, um, added value to what I'm doing now, right? And it's that uh, being able to 
whether it's code switch or culture switch and, and navigate different spaces, I, I commend you for promoting bilingualism because as you said, the clients might speak a different language and you're really preparing students for uh, an international future, right? Um, the market is international now and um, it's it's an asset. I used to say that, you know, I, I, I used to say I was born rich, but without a lot of material possessions, right? Um, Tight-knit family, uh, a lot of love, a lot of nurturing, a lot of support for education. But I was a first-generation college student. I was the first one in my family to go to college. Um, I was I moved seven times before I was 13 years old, right? So I say all this to say that what some might have viewed as a deficit, I now look at as an asset. The ability to navigate different cultures, um, the ability to, um, you know, open new doors. Uh, as a first-generation college student, and face those fears helped me because here in D.C., as I'm having hearings or I travel to international conferences and I'm I'm talking to leaders from other countries, it's that same conquering of the fear or the unknown that I learned in my experience in Meriden and through Wilcox that I'm using now. So to the students, what you might look at as a deficit, turn it around. That's an asset. And um, it's really important that our school systems recognize that what might be a, a challenge for a student is actually sharpen, sharpening their sword for the fight ahead, right? And um, we need to view that as assets. And uh, I'm glad to hear that the seal of biliteracy is something that that you're doing there because it does recognize having two languages as an asset, which we all know uh, it is. Absolutely, we're, we're sitting here, we're all inspired listening to you today. Um, so I have a burning question um, of the nature of inquiring minds who would like to know, having studied automotive technology as a high school student at Wilcox Tech, do you fix your own car? <laughs> well, um, I have an electric vehicle, so there's very little, you know, to fix there. But um, I will tell you, and I'm proud of it, um, I got my hands dirty last year. I had to change uh, the... Um, uh, the fuel pump in, in my wife's Jeep. And um, I did it myself, uh, you know, and, and I used all the all the strategies that I learned at Wilcox. Um, so I was proud of that, actually. I was just as proud of that as I was of some of the other things that I did here that had federal impact. <laughs> but um, yeah, every once in a while, I, I try to get under the hood. Uh, but I, I leave the um, diagnostics and all that to the trained professionals that understand today's cars. Cars have evolved so much, so I know I know when to uh, not uh, make it worse <laughs> um, and, and not try to fix something where you need a computer uh, to fix. Absolutely. We know how busy you are, but I wanted to commit CTEX right now to um, any time you want to come back and take additional coursework in electronic um, and, and electric card work, we we have a spot for you. Oh, I appreciate Absolutely. that. An honorary spot anytime you would like to jump in. Um, I think I so still have my uniform, although it doesn't fit. Um, uh, absolutely. Let me say this. Um, you know, CTEX, to the students, to the educators there, you are positioned to be at the front of the line when it comes to the evolution that we need in education across the country. Um, the workforce needs in our country have not been met by our education system. You know, there are high-skilled, high-paying jobs out there that unfortunately it seems are not aligned with how we're preparing students. 
but in the C text they are. And whether it's, you know, uh, in Groton, the submarine base there, the, the vacancies that they have. I always say in Connecticut, you know, if you're a welder that knows how to code, you are good. <laughs> you are set for life. But you understand the formula of making sure that our students are prepared for life after graduation. And it doesn't mean that they can't go to a four-year university like I went to. The beauty of the CTEC system is you have options. My role as Secretary of Education now is to make sure that, like the students at the technical schools in Connecticut, all students across the country have options. So you're leading the way there. I wish you continued success. And I thank you uh, for uh, spending a few minutes with me. It was really a joy for me to, to spend some time with you today. Well, Secretary Cardona, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time today to be with us. And I know how much it will mean for CTEX at large to know that you joined us in our talking shop with, with CTEX podcast. And um, we look forward to hearing more about all the great things that you're doing in Washington. And thank you so much. Thank you. Take care.